When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The T-Biz Podcast delivers T-News that you need to know. A recap of the week's major headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. It is the voice of origin for tea professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Think of us as a digital caravan of storytellers, bringing authentic, authoritative, and exclusive stories to you weekly from the tea lands. Hello, everyone. Here are the headlines. Darjeeling is experiencing a severe downturn. Researchers discover expanded role for microbes in tea making. And Oxfam India defines a living wage for Assam tea workers. More in a minute, but first, this important message. What makes a perfect cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Kailani Valley, Telawakili, Bogawanthalawa, Harana, and Eliptia tea estates. Support Save the Children, Sri Lanka. The West Bengal tea community that surrounds Darjeeling is experiencing difficult times. Only 45 of the 87 tea gardens within the protected geographical region are routinely auctioning tea. Production has declined from 16 million kilos 15 years ago to fewer than 7 million kilos in 2021. Tourists are few. As COVID-19 infections decline elsewhere, the pandemic persists in the foothills of the Himalayas, forcing travel restrictions. There were 1,500 active cases last week, with 88 new infections on July 8th, a number greater than Kolkata recorded that same day. In June, the Telegraph of India reported more than 10% of Darjeeling's tea gardens were up for sale, but saw no buyers. Absenteeism, political turmoil, and climate change are often cited as reasons, but the main concern is the declining volume in production. Raja Banerjee, the heir to Machiavari Tea Estate, described the situation with clarity and insight. Quote, Darjeeling now faces a large-scale decline, he writes. Commercially, Darjeeling Tea has been weathering a waning export market explained by outdated management practices and exploitive middlemen. But there is a far more powerful factor at work now. The region's ecology was already facing deforestation, making the seismically sensitive area vulnerable to topsoil loss and landslides, pushing the tea gardens closer to the edge now. Climate change is bearing down on tea yields, impacting the livelihoods of thousands in the industry. Tea Board of India data shows that in 2020, Darjeeling's production stood at 6.7 million kilos, 
This year, the second flush, which makes up 20% of the annual production, is seeing a reported decline of 200 to 300,000 kilos. April-May 2021 production stood at 1.22 million kilos. Business Insight News of gardens being sold has been recurring from this region. In 2020, the Singbuli and later the nursing tea estates were sold. OKT in June is the latest estate to be acquired. The 1,600-acre high-altitude estate operates a factory that dates to 1888. The new owners are local and offer a hopeful vision of Darjeeling, whose first concern is serving the domestic market. The estate was sold to Chai Chun, a unit of Siliguri-based Evergreen Group, a firm that operates Chai Rasa cafes and boutiques. Founder Rajiv Baid envisions a world-class tea academy to draw students of tea culture and tourists to an estate that produces organic tea using orthodox processes as well as cut tear curl packet tea. The company processes 15 million kilos of tea across a broad range of 165 varieties, supplying premium and bulk tea in quantities that benefit from scale. Researchers discover an expanded role for microbes in tea making. The oxidation of tea leaves during orthodox processing is essential but not exclusively responsible for the flavor of tea. The finding that bacterial and fungal communities also drive tea processing suggests the microbiome of the leaves can be manipulated to create greater quantities of tasty compounds due to fermentation. A team of researchers at Anhui Agricultural University in China cleverly demonstrated that black teas withered, rolled, and oxidized before drying are less flavorful when sterilized. Their paper, Black Tea Quality, is highly affected during processing by its leaf surface microbiome, which was published in the June issue of the Journal of Agriculture and Food Chemistry, shows that microbial fermentation present in non-sterilized control samples produced tea with lots of catechins and L-theanine, an amino acid specific to tea. Tea made from the oxidized but sterile leaves was less flavorful and lacking in many of the complex compounds that tasters identify in premium teas. The experiment showed that caffeine and theanine were found in the same quantities in green tea with or without leaf surface sterilization. Quote, However, the sterilization process dramatically decreased the content of total catechins, and theanine in black tea, indicating that microbes on the surface of tea leaves may be involved in maintaining the formation of these important metabolites during black tea processing, end quote, said Professor Ali Inyat Milano. Business Insight The Anhui researchers are now busy determining which microbes are responsible for the fermentation, knowledge that will make it possible for tea processors to enhance the natural biome and introduce new types of microbes resulting in novel flavors of black tea. 
Oxfam India, a confederation of 20 independent charitable organizations, released a study last week that determined the minimum living wage for tea workers in Assam is 887 rupees per day, about $12 U.S. Workers make far less per day and are working fewer days due to COVID-19 restrictions. Only 39% of workers can be considered as permanent. The remaining 61% contract their services with fewer benefits. The study calculated a minimum of 285 rupees per day for food for a family of four and 599 rupees for non-food expenditures. Biz Insight. The study of 5,000 tea workers in seven districts was conducted in October through December 2020. Oxfam CEO Amitabh Bihar, in appealing for improved wages, described, quote, a stark gap between the current wages that tea workers receive vis-a-vis the living wage that has been calculated, end quote. Arvinda Anantharaman in Bengaluru reports on India's tea auction prices. India Tea Price Report for the week ending July 10, 2021. This week, the focus is on declining tea exports from India, which is a cause of concern to the industry. The tea associations have issued a press release that the industry is bracing for a decline of 30 to 40 million kilos this year compared to 2020. The reasons cited are availability of low-cost teas in the global market, notably from Kenya and Sri Lanka. Lockdowns that limit the number of food service venues in operation and trade restrictions in countries that have been regular buyers. These have been compounded by economic downturns from COVID. The European Union, for example, anticipates 4.5% growth in 2021, but economists caution that the Delta variant may force a return to lockdowns this fall. Between January and March, India's tea exports fell by 13.23% as compared with 2020 and 29.03% as compared with 2019 which in production volumes stand at 45.86 million kilos in 2021, as compared with 52.85 million kilos in 2020 and 64.62 million kilos in 2019. North India has been more severely affected than South India. In prices, sale 27 saw good demand in Calcutta for well-made whole leaf grades of Darjeeling's, while there were many outlots. Demand was mixed in among buyers, Middle East was active. In Guwahati, prices have dropped from last week and are significantly lower than they were for corresponding week in 2020, although they are better than 2019 prices for the same period. Sales in the south remain sluggish. And now, a word from our sponsor. Q-Trade Tees works with tea purveyors at every scale, from promising startups to the world's largest multinational beverage brands in the hot, iced, and bottled tea segments. With U.S.-based formulation, blending, and packaging services, Q-Trade can help you innovate, scale up, and grow your specialty tea brand. For more information, visit our website, qtradetees.com. T-Biz this week travels to South Africa to discuss with Carmen T. founder Minke Mouton the beneficial aspects of the EU's decision to register rooibos as the first African food product to receive protected designation of origin. And then to Scotland, where Nenaya Silva discusses with local growers 
how the short summers and cold winters of a far northern terroir contribute to the unique flavor of Scottish tea. Rooibos is an herb that grows in a very narrow corridor north of Cape Town in the fertile soil of the Cedarburg Mountains. Growers there produce about 14,000 metric tons annually as a healthful, refreshing, non-caffeinated beverage known locally as Redbush Tea. Today we have from South Africa the founder of Carmen Tea, a supplier of quality rooibos, both green and red. Recently, the European Union registered rooibos as a protected designation of origin, a coveted status extended for the first time to an African food product. Will you tell our listeners why that's good news and how you see the EU's seal of authenticity advancing the overall consumption of rooibos worldwide? We are very um, excited about this. Um, it's a process that was started about 10 years ago. Everyone now knows that rooibos tea is really something special, that there are some points of differentiating the product from all the other herbal teas. Rooibos certification, it means that the product must be cultivated and produced in the specific region processing also have to take place in that specific region. Rooibos is a very, very natural product with a very cold winters and the very, very hot summers to create that very special taste and flavor of rooibos tea with this very special flavor and taste and all the health benefits and properties can only be grown in this specific area. 15 different areas are situated in the Western Cape and the Northern Cape of South Africa. And Kormian tea is based within the Western Cape and we are buying tea from all the different areas. The Northern Cape together with the more Southwestern uh, areas and locations. We can give you the guarantee that when buying a rooibos tea from Kormian tea, you will get the true and honest and pure rooibos tea from this specific locations. About half of the rooibos produced is consumed locally. The rest is exported to 60 countries, mainly in Europe, where Germany is the leading market. Japan consumes about 22% of exports. A long drought curtailed market expansion following several years of strong growth. The rains have since returned, and the bushes that perished have been replaced. Minky, you mentioned that shifting temperature and rainfall patterns have actually expanded growing areas. Drier conditions actually apply globally, but specifically in South Africa and specifically in the western and northern Cape of South Africa. The, the production area for rooibos tea have has slightly moved more towards the southwestern parts, away from the northern parts. Our average rainfall is around 300 millimeters per year, and that has come down to below 100 millimeters of rain during that very severe drought years. Um, over the last two years, that has nicely picked up, but it's still below average. So in general, we can definitely see a trend towards a drier condition. And um, luckily for South Africa, 
Uh, we do have areas which used to be too wet to grow rooibos tea, which actually now has become perfect and suitable for growing good quality rooibos that we are all looking for. The geographical indication requires strict compliance with processing and prohibits third parties from using phrases like rooibos style or redbush type tea or imitation redbush. This is actually a more strict uh, GI certification that now has been approved for rooibos tea. Processing of rooibos tea is a oxidation process or what we call what we call fermentation, where the antioxidants in the in the tea or the natural plant phenolic activities in the tea give you this very specific characteristic smell and taste, which is is a more fruity, sweet flavor. That is one of the most identical properties of rooibos tea. We, we do have rooibos tea have a slightly sweet caramel taste and flavor. And it is not as astringent as, for example, black tea or some of the other herbal teas. Um, it has a very nice, smooth, full flavor and aroma. And that all has to do with this special oxidi- oxidation process where the temperature can actually go up to about above 40 degrees Celsius. And that happens overnight after the tea has been cut, once we've gone through that process, which we call oxidation or fermentation, um, then, then we have a product with, which has a nice red cup infusion and that we can call typically rooibos tea in Afrikaans um, is, is roi, the color red in English. That is where the name comes from. When we do not go through that um, process, we have a green tea, which is then actually the unfermented variant of rooibos tea, which is nowadays very, very popular. During the ongoing pandemic, there's been a significant increase in consumption and interest in the health qualities of herbal infusions. Will you describe some of the health advantages of rooibos? Rooibos tea is totally caffeine-free. That is one of the Health, biggest health benefits of rooibos tea. Every tea uh, batch that we do, we have graded it for, for the internal quality of that um, specific cup when it comes to your specific antioxidant values. That definitely help to benefit and to support your immune system and help you to be hydrated, which we all know that is the baseline of keeping healthy. And what we've seen is that uh, minerals like zinc and magnesium and calcium are those things that actually have become very, very important in times like these. It is about a well-balanced, healthy body that you have to keep to maintain in order to, to prevent the virus to actually to get contracted. To keep a healthy body, and to keep a healthy lifestyle, you need at least to drink, we like to say 10 cups of rooibos tea. We would bring it down to see, to six cups of rooibos tea, but maybe, maybe you can survive with two cups as well. So, yeah, you definitely have to drink your rooibos tea daily in order to keep healthy. 
Scots have a long history of growing Camellia sinensis in faraway lands, from the jungles of Assam to the hills of Ceylon. A group of Scottish ladies have decided to follow in their ancestors' footsteps. I'm Dalunja Silva from PM David Silver and Sons, and today I sit down with Kate Elliott, Catherine Drummond-Herdman, Veronica Murray-Poor, and Pinky Methven to talk about growing tea in Scotland. As temperatures rise globally, greater quantities of tea will be cultivated above and below traditional latitudes. Talk about how changes in climate have affected the growing of tea, the cultivars that are available, and some of the challenges that you have faced when rearing tea bushes. As far as climate change goes, quite frankly, in Scotland, we could do with yet more heat because it's a really marginal crop. When we all started this, we had some consultancy help and uh, we were told it was going to be a very, very marginal crop. If anybody wanted to grow organically without protection, it would be nigh on impossible. <laughs> so it has been an absolute, shall we say, learning experience uh, for us. As far as the weather is concerned, it's not so much the cold, because I think that tea is quite cold tolerant. It seems to be a, a combination of other factors that getting the wee seedling going to a decent sort of tough bush that can cope with with whatever is thrown at it and it just seems to be very temperamental very delicate we've got the problem here that and whether it's climate change or not i don't know is that our springs are getting drier and drier they're also getting seems to be getting colder so it takes a really long time for the plant to get going and get growing plants outside are only just now beginning to grow um, and break dormancy um, which is just makes things a little bit um, harder and at the same time, winters just seem to be getting wetter and windier. Not so much cold, but just really windy. So the weather is a challenge here. You're all producing teas in different areas of Scotland. Describe the terroir of Scotland. What makes these teas distinctive? And what are the regional differences in taste that each of your growing areas produce? Well, it's very, very new. Do you have to come with us to Fortnum and Mason's and have a try? <laughs> there hasn't been very much Scottish tea made yet. It's all very experimental and we've had some fantastic results with some green tea, which has not yet been for sale. The black tea, a really great tea that the Nine Gardens all contributed, Nine Ladies Dancing was the name of the tea. I mean, that was great, but that was the first commercial tea that we've collectively had out of our gardens, which was just a fun thing to be involved in. But I think you know, we're getting to the stage where, you know, watch the space in the next few years when we can, you know, start sort of bringing our experiments to fruition and actually bringing out some different teas, yet to be named Perthshire one coming out, which is a green tea, which is, is really exciting and, and just totally different. You know, this whole journey has been is really new to us. And, you know, we, we've all learned so much about tea. It seems to be, you know, well received. We've had you know, we've had tasters from all over the world who've tasted the tea and the feedback's been phenomenal. There's a lot of tea on forward contract and, you know, we're all sort of slightly crossing our fingers and hoping we'll be able to fulfil those. Hopefully it will just get easier as the volumes increase and maybe it'll become a bit more predictable. Agritourism is something that a lot of traditional tea estates are establishing. What are yourselves doing in terms of agritourism and what would you like to do more of going forward? The amount of tea plants is not quite the same as when I started. I thought this is not viable for the actual leaf at the moment. So we already do uh, various tours of your orchard and other things going on. So I've been doing tours 
uh, tea tours. So people will come around, we look at the tea, see how it's growing, look at the different varieties and show people what a tea plant is. So it's basically education and, but, you know, done in an easy way. And then they come back into the castle and have tea in the castle. There's a variety of things. We, I did a blend with Beverly um, at the Scottish Tea Factory. We made a blend as my um, ancestor would have had a blend for afternoon tea. And that was, that was really interesting. And just being able to explain all this with a tour, it's, it's, it's all about educating people and about educating people to understand what tea is, how it comes from and how it's made. And then finishing up with a, you know, there's something more to tea than it's not just tea. It's, you know, you can sit around, you can have a conversation and you can, you know, it's just all about talking and actually reconnecting with, with each other, with people and actually with the earth. And what I started out, we did some tours, uh, mindfulness tours with people that were currently undergoing treatment for cancer. I made them understand by seeing the bushes and thinking about who plucks the tea the idea is if you're sitting in a hospital on your own and you're going through some ghastly treatment, you can sit there, you can have your cup of tea, which is, you know, strong, good, you know, sort of dark colored hot liquid. You can have a sip of that and reconnect yourself with the earth through the tea leaves that have made it, the pickers who are usually women. And so this is why it was the female side of cancer. You can reconnect with that and you can think about all those people and then you can go back into the earth and like the roots on the tea and you can gain strength and you can get that all from if you just close your eyes in a hospital ward and you can just one sip of tea and that's what I was aiming for. Intrigued by what you heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of tea biz journalists and tea experts? Contact them directly through Subtext, a private message-based platform. Avoid the chaos of social media and start a conversation that matters. Subtext's message-based platform lets you privately ask meaningful questions of the tea experts, academics, and tea biz journalists reporting from the tea lands. You see their responses via SMS texts, which are sent direct to your phone. Visit our website and subscribe to Subtext to instantly connect with the most connected people in tea. Remember to visit the T-Biz website for more comprehensive coverage. That's www.t-bizbiz.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.